Today I want to speak to you on the subject of refreshing, being refreshed and remaining refreshed throughout our Christian experience. So many in the body of Christ today, leaders of churches, followers of Christ, are just quitting, throwing in the towel, handing over their churches, going out and trying to find work elsewhere, discouraged, uh, tired, just uh, worn out, exhausted. And... Uh, the scripture teaches very clearly that we all need refreshing. Even Jesus himself needed refreshing. He was tired. He sat down at a well when he spoke to the, uh, the Samaritan woman. Paul tells us in Philemon, which we're going to read a few verses of now in the book of Philemon, tells us that he, he himself needed refreshing, shows us that he needed it. And so I want us to read together, if you wouldn't mind, just turning to Philemon chapter, the, verse, the fourth verse, and read it with me. In the few verses that we read here, he shows us some of the things that need to be take place in our lives ongoingly to keep us refreshed, but we'll come back to that in a little while. But he says this in verse 4, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your, listen, faith in the Lord Jesus. When we hear about people's faith in the Lord Jesus, it refreshes us. And also, your love for all the saints. I don't know about you, but for me, when I see the saints truly loving one another, it refreshes me. He says, but he goes on, he says in verse 6, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith, witnessing for Christ. While we're sharing our faith, it refreshes us. Remember that what Luke, uh, Paul, uh, Jesus tells us in Luke, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. For with the measure that you give, you receive. So as we give out, sharing our faith, loving other people, keeping our faith in Christ, all these things help us to be refreshed. But let's read on. He says, I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. And when I see God's people refreshing the hearts of the saints, it refreshes me. In verse 20, I wish we could read more, but as we go down to verse 20, he says this. Um, I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. And what he's referring to there is release Anesimus, who was a, was a prisoner who came to know Christ while he was in prison through Paul's ministry, but was a slave, escaped from this man Philemon. And just, we'll come back to this as well, but let me just say that when we release people to serve Christ and release them from anything that we feel they owe us, it really does refresh us. So let's just move on then. Quickly, if you'll turn with me, please, to, the, to Timothy chapter 1, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I want us to read a, just a, uh, two or three verses here, picking up in verse 15. He says in verse 15, You know that everyone in the province of Asia has deserted me, including Phygius and Hermogenes. May the Lord show mercy to the household of Anisibus, because he often, he often refreshed me 
and was not ashamed of my chains. On the contrary, when he was in Rome, he searched hard for me until he found me. May the Lord grant that he will find mercy from the Lord on that day. You know very well in how many ways he helped me in Ephesus. So here's another way that we can be refreshed is keeping people free to serve God with us, serve God wherever God calls them, but free also from them feeling obligated to us in any way. We'll come back to that as well. <clears throat> I remember when I moved to Bryanston in the early 80s, a place in South Africa, God called me to, a little group of people there. We helped to just get the church, a church established there. And God spoke to me from a portion of the scripture I'd like you to read for yourself before you go on with this message. But it was in 1 Chronicles chapter 11 from verse 1 through to chapter 12 and verse 40. Read that for yourself. We don't have the time to read all those verses, but we will just pick up bits and pieces as we go along. But from that portion of scripture, uh, <clears throat> God gave me a message about the kind of people we're going to need to, around us in order to fulfill God's purposes for our lives, keep fresh and fruitful until we get old. And like the Psalms promise and God's word promises over and over again, that even when we're old, we'll still be bearing fruit, that our leaf will not grow old, we'll st our leaf will remain green, we'll stay fresh, even when we, 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 we're old and, and gray. And uh, flourish in the house of the Lord, etc. Uh, I want to just look at that and, and help us to understand something of how we can all stay refreshed and fresh and how we can help others to be refreshed and, ref and fresh too. So if you will read 1 Chronicles chapter 11 from verse 1 and ch to chapter 12 verse 40, you'll find there um, why people joined David and what they brought with them. Why and what? Why these people joined David and what they brought with them. Now, we don't have time to read it together, but we will read portions of this. But before we look at that, I want you just to, in relationship to what I'm saying here, just to turn to 1 Samuel and the, the chapter 22, because we will have time to read a bit of this. 1 Samuel 22, and we, we want to read just, uh, just two or three verses here. I think it's two verses. 1 Samuel 22. David left Gath, and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Now, this was God speaking to me, telling me what he was going to bring to me in Bryanston, to the little church there, the kind of people that would come and what he would do with them once they came. It says this, all those who were in, listen, <laughs> you, you, you're wanting to be refreshed, you want to remain fresh and you want to remain fruitful. And then God speaks this word to me. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. And so it goes on. <clears throat> those that were in debt, discontented and in distress. If you were to read 1 Chronicles chapter 19, uh, chapter 12, verses 19 to 22, he adds another group to that. Those that were defectors, that left other, uh, other leader, Saul, and came and joined him. And so God says, I'm going to join people with you, to you with, that are in distress. 
that are in debt, that are discouraged, and that are going to deflect from other churches because they, they're really desperate to find something that's real, that serves God and His purposes in their generation. And God turned that army, that little group of indebted, distressed, discontented people into a mighty fighting force. And King David became the, the mightiest king that Israel ever had. Powerful, effective, taking land for, for Christ, for God. And so God gave me these scriptures and he turned, these people came to us and God turned them into a mighty fighting machine. Warriors and workers and worshippers that loved God. And from that group, we were able to go out and plant churches around the world, join with others around the world and see Christ uh, uh, being proclaimed and served and loved all around the world. So these are the kind of people we need. So don't be put off and distressed or uh, give in or become too discouraged because of what you see around you. God can turn what you've got into a mighty, mighty army of worshippers and workers, warriors for Christ. <clears throat> so, these two portions of Scripture that I'm talking about, 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 and 2, and 1 Chronicles 12, and th uh, 11 and 12, etc., these two portions of Scripture show us the kind of people we need to become and the kind of people we need to be if we're not leaders. It shows us leadership and it shows us followership, what we need to become and what we need to be. Not only be do, but be. Um, and the first part of this study that I'm embarking on this morning, we're going to study, have a look at the significance of some of the names of those people who joined David in those early days, and then break that down further in order to help us to become refreshers, to learn how to be refreshed and fresh, and how we can refresh others. As we refresh them, we ourselves are refreshed, and how we can draw from God and be refreshed, and how we can refresh ourselves in the Lord. So let me just pick up on Jacob's sons' names and their meanings. In Genesis chapter 29, if you would go and have a look at it from verse 31, and right through to chapter 30, verse 24, you'll find out why these people got their names. And I'm just not going to be able to read all of that to you, but you could go to Genesis chapter 29, read it for yourself from verse 31 to chapter 30, verse 24. Um, in Genesis 29 and 30, it tells us how and why they got their names. In 1 Chronicles, uh, Chronicles 12, it tells us what kind of people their tribes were. So first of all, the first son was the son called Reuben. And the, the name Reuben means behold a son or see a son. And to me, that's talking about being fruitful. So the first kind of, the kind of people we need to become are productive people. Productive people. Now the exact opposite to productive people are those who just consume all the time, take. They drain and draw. Some people are very draining people. VDPs. We've got to stop being VDPs and become productive people. Reuben, behold a son. The second son 
that Jacob had was, was Simeon. And Simeon means hearing or one who hears. In other words, perceptive. They can catch what God's saying, what God is doing. Perceptive, like the sons of Issachar in a sense, but we'll come back to that in a moment. So the first group, Reuben, productive. The second group were, uh, were perceptive. The third son, and I'm going to go in the order, not of, of Genesis, but in the order of uh, 1 Chronicles 12. The third, the third son was Levi, and Levi means joined or attached. In, in other words, they are partners. And we know that the tribe of Leda was not only, they weren't only partners, but they were actually priests. And so we need people around us who will priest and be partners with us. The exact opposite of that is those that are divisive. And the, the church is full of divisive people and it is draining God's people, draining the leadership, just discouraging people to see so much division. We need to become those that are joined, attached, priests and partners. The fourth one was, and this is not the order of Genesis, but the order of, if I remember rightly, of 1 Chronicles 12. The fourth group was Judah, and Judah means praise. We need around us praises, and we need to become praises. The exact opposite of praises are those that are always contaminating by moaning and grumbling, just all they do is just contaminate other people and that's discouraging and it just wears people out. So if you're not a praiser, become one right now and ask God to take the people you have with you and to turn them, even the moaners and the grumblers, to turn them into praisers. The fifth group, I think it is, if I, uh, well, in, in, as I've got it written here, is, it, is the son called Issachar. And Issachar means rewarded or bearing higher. In other words, available. Being available, and and so available to me is providers, uh, to be provisionary, and the exact opposite of that is the needy, the draining, people always wanting, again consuming, unavailable, spectators, uh, and not participators. So if you're not a participator, you're not a, in partnership. If you're not available. Uh, become one of those that is available and makes provision for what God wants to do. Use me, Lord. Here am I. Use me. Send me. The next group are the group called Zebulun, son called Zebulun. And Zebulun means dwelling or it can mean treat with honor. In other words, to dwell is presence. People who have the presence of God and are present in the meetings, present in what we're doing. Not just always away, alone, uh, operating in the flesh, but in the power of the Holy Spirit, cooperating with the presence of God as we abide in the vine. The next one is Joseph. It's not the order, but as I've got it here. And Joseph means he will add. What that means is to be productive again. That we need, you know, he had two sons. One was Ephraim. And the other one was Manasseh. Ephraim means fruitful. In other words, productive, fruitful, like, like Reuben. And then Manasseh was causing forgetfulness. In other words, they leaving behind, like Paul said, forgetting what is behind, I press on, pioneering, 
into that which God has for us. Moving forward, we need to become fruitful, productive, moving forward, forgetting the past and going on in God. Have a read, read for yourself of Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 16. Paul, Paul says, forgetting what is behind me, I press on to God, to, to, to the prize of the high calling of God. And Psalm 84, one of my favorite parts of the Psalms, in Psalm 84, verses 4 to 7, where it talks about, blessed are they that have set their hearts on pilgrimage. When they go through the valley of Baca, etc., it becomes fruitful, it becomes uh, what's the word I want? Uh, with water, it, it, refreshed, etc. Then we move on quickly to Benjamin. This, and Benjamin, the son that one of uh, Jacob's son called Benjamin, Benjamin, Benjamin means the son of my right hand. Powerful. The right hand of Christ, the right hand of God, is the place of authority. Jesus is seated there. And that could also be prayerful. Son of my right hand, Benjamin. Um, people with authority that exercise it, like the, it's violent men that take the kingdom, not just people that are uncommitted and uh, weak and threatened all the time and timid. God has not given us the spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Uh, people of authority. The exact opposite of that, of course, is the uncommitted. And you know, we're not stronger than our weakest link as a church. Any church, any family is no stronger than its weakest link. Then we move on quickly to the, the next son, and that was Dan. And Dan means to judge or justice, or he has vindicated. And we need people who are able to judge situations, judge correctly, that are, not, that are not judgmental, but able to judge with wisdom and assess what's going on around us and uh, stop being judgmental. Then we move on quickly. The next uh, name that's mentioned there is the name Naphtali. And that means struggling or wrestling. In other words, prayers. People that know how to wrestle with God, get a hold of God. We don't have to twist God's arm, but God, like Jacob, we have to sometimes wrestle with God. God, give us the breakthrough. We don't. We, we want to stand against all these principalities and powers, all these wickedness that's being unleashed on the earth today. I mean, I just listen to the news and I see what, what they're propagating today around with all this woke and... Uh, cancel culture and all that's going on around the world today. We need to. We need people who will wrestle against principalities and powers That's that know how to take the full armor of God and stand strong. And then the next one we read of there is Gad. And Gad means good fortune or it means a seer, in other words, one who's like prophetic or a troop is coming. So we need people that are prophetic, that can see what God is seeking to do, that are... You know, the exact opposite to those that see what God is, do, is seeking to do, they're always looking at what people say and not what God says and what God's doing. They see, look at the circumstances, like something like Peter, when he got out of the boat, he walked until he looked at the circumstances. Take your eyes off Jesus and what he's saying and do. Jesus said, come. 
Peter came for a while and then looked. And we've got so many people in the body of Christ, draining people, draining leaders, just weakening churches because they just don't see what God's doing. And, and that the, God's desire is to give us good fortune and that a troop is coming. We've got the hosts of heaven, angel armies, all available, working on our behalf. And then the next one and the last one is the name Asher. And Asher just simply means happy. To be happy, you've got to be pleased. You can't be happy if you're not pleased. Pleased with God, pleased with his people, pleased with his ways and his word and his will, his works. Happy people. Unhappy people just drain us. And they let, unfortunately, unhappy people let everyone around them know, I'm unhappy. And keep on expressing it. So this is important for us if we just would understand that this is what God needs us to become, to be, that what we have that God brings into our church, those we're surrounded by, God can make them into that. If we will preach this, preach what I'm saying, make it your own, preach it with the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and the leading and the guidance that he gives you if you're a preacher of any sort, Go for it to close. Just have a quick look at what does this word refresh really mean in the Bible? Well, taking different words in both the Old and the New Testament, this is what it carries, the following thoughts. To be refreshed or to refresh is to revive, to breathe life into, to invigorate. The King James Version Dictionary says this, that... To refresh means to cool, to allay heat, to give new strength, to invigorate, to relieve after fatigue, to revive, to reanimate after depression, to cheer, to enliven. And in Isaiah 28 verse 12, it talks about rest and quiet, rest and quiet. So in the next session now, I'm going to look at how then do we refresh others how then do we allow God to refresh us? And I've got, I think, about 15 or 18 or 20 points I want to share with that. And then how do you refresh yourself if there's no one around refreshing you? If those around you fail to refresh you, how can you keep yourself fresh? By the grace of God and in the goodness of God, I've been serving God with all my heart for more than 50 years now. And while I'm getting older physically, in my spirit, I feel like God keeps me fresh. He keeps on promising me. And I'm going to just read these one or two of these little promises God's given to me over the, over the years to you and ask you just to allow God to minister into your heart as I read them to you. It's not easy for me to get to these because I've got these on my desk under a, gl a glass panel. But God's refreshing word says to me, yeah, the righteous, this is Psalm, uh, Psalm 92, verses 12 to 15. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. In Philippians chapter 1, I know that I've mentioned this in other messages, but these things are life 
giving verses. Philippians 1, 22 to 24, I'll just take a part of it out. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is fruitful labor for me to do. In Psalm 71, verse 18, I'm just skipping over some of the other here. Even when I'm old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generation, you might, your might to all who are to come. And then just this Isaiah 46, verse 4, even to your old age and gray hairs, God says, I am he who will sustain you. I have made you. I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. Go for it. Give it all you've got. Take what you've got. Start to do what God's word says as we look at it now into the, in the next session. And may he help you to be fruitful forever. Father, again, I commit your people to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Ask your blessing upon them. What they have, you've put in their hands, like you said to, uh, to Moses, what have you got in your hand? And that's what we want to do. It's just what you've given to us. Help us to use it for your honor and your glory forever and ever. Keep us fresh. Help us to learn to live fresh, refreshed, energetic, zealous, full of the fire of God, serving you with all of our hearts. I ask this for all those who are hearing this word, for your church, for your people, families, in Jesus' name, with thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Blessings on you. Jesus.